Hey everybody, welcome to Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I've put together where I like to talk about all things investing, where I get to share with you some of my thoughts, some of my takes, and other people's takes on this whole investing thing. And hopefully you can come away with it uh, with some ideas and some nuggets of information that you can take back to your own personal circumstance and hopefully help you uh, make better, more successful investment decisions. My name is Amon Reina, and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I try to do is I help try to help people who want to become more financially independent. The problem is, and this is when people start getting into this whole investing thing, is they often get frustrated, intimidated, or confused by the whole process of investing. They either don't know where to start if they're new to investing, or I work with people who have been investing for a long time, but they just aren't getting any traction with their portfolios. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with them on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and achieve it with confidence. So today uh, is decision day. This is the episode for those of you who've been regularly listening to my podcasts or following my blog on sageinvestors.ca, you'll know that uh, I like to very periodically, basically once a month, uh, kind of chime in and share with you some of my own personal investment decisions that I've been making. Um, the whole point here is, you know, it's one thing for me as an investment coach to teach people, to mentor people how to make better investment decisions. Uh, it's another thing to model the behaviors. It's, to, it's another thing to apply the concepts that I'm teaching, and uh, uh, and it's another thing to just demonstrate it. And so I feel really strongly, and it's one of the core things I believe with my practice is. You know, if I'm going to teach people how to do stuff, I got to practice it. I got to show how, how how to do it also, and 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 I can't think of a better way of doing it is, than sharing with you the decisions that I'm making. So, uh, going to walk you through uh, a few decisions that I made over the past month, and uh, it's actually this is actually a really interesting episode. I think it's going to be an interesting episode because. It wasn't just about the mechanical sides of the of figuring out the stocks that I that I ended up buying. Um, there was some other issues also at play, and these are things that challenge us. And I can and I found myself being kind of challenged in terms of some of my values uh, with some of the investment decisions that I made. And so I'm going to walk you through. I'm going to share with you what I was facing, and to a certain extent, what I'm still facing. I'm still kind of wrestling with some of this stuff too. Uh, so let's see. Let's just uh, let's, let's just dive right in. So first decision I made is uh, <clears throat> I decided to buy more shares of a stock that I own called Tyson Foods, ticker symbol TSN. When I initially bought it, I only bought a handful of shares. I didn't really take a big position in it. Um, my approach with when I buy stocks is I don't like to just go all in on something. I like to kind of slowly build up my position, um, take advantage of any downturns in the market so I can kind of average my cost. That's my Strategy. That's my playbook. It's. I mean, it may not be for you or for anybody else. I'm just. You know, this is just one way to do it. And uh, so I bought some at the uh, sixty dollar level, and uh, the Canadian dollar at the time was was getting a bit stronger. So I thought, you know what, I might want to be interested in just buying some more shares, just to kind of slowly build up the share. So I bought some more shares at Tyson Foods, and my cost base basically creeped up a little bit. It's about $60 a share right now. The stock's trading, I think, right now at about 62, 61 and 2. Stock's been down. It was in the 80s. It's now been in the 60s. And um, 
a few months ago, I decided to buy back in. One of my favorite companies, actually. Uh, it's because it's a stock I've hold, held several times uh, in my uh, investing journey. Uh, so that was my first decision. Second decision that I made is I made a selling decision. I decided to sell my shares in JD.com, ticker symbol JD. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't a positive investment decision as I lost 28.5% on it when you factor all the foreign exchange on it. For those of you who've been following my podcast and my blog, um, you'll know that I've been consistently um, buying JD stock over the last, pretty much this year. And uh, so it was very strange and concerning and frustrating in a sense that I decided to just sell out. Um, and if you go back to my uh, previous blogs, previous month's blogs, um, I go into a bit of detail, I write it up, but I, just, I think I just want to just walk you through it again just, just for the sake of it. Um, it's a tough decision because I've been buying the stock up for like you know, a good chunk of the year and uh, I've been kind of very positive on the company. I, I, here's the thing, I still like the company. Um, I think I like the fundamentals of the business. I like where it's positioned in the business. And, uh, and, uh, I've talked in the past about one of the great um, paradigm shifts, I guess, in business right now is this battle that's going on uh, for controlling sort of the, the online, the OS of retail. And I've talked a lot about how Amazon, Google, um, Costco, Apple, Facebook, I guess, are all engaged in this battle and Walmart. Um, to control the distribution channels, the online distribution channels. And I think the, 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 the companies that are going to, the next great companies and the great stocks of the future are going to be the ones that can own the OS. And so for me, JD, I think, is one of those type companies that could potentially own the OS, um, more specifically in, in China and, and in Asia. Um, they have partnered up with a lot of really good, big-time people, uh, companies like Walmart, Tencent, Google and have really built out a really formidable retail um, ecosystem. So, yeah, so naturally, of course, I'll sell my stock in these guys. So why did I sell the stock? When it comes down to it, it's basically my playbook told me that I had to sell it. And really what it comes down to at one level is math. Um, at one point, the stock fell through the $30 level. I My, my cost base was about 36 or 37 and so I was down almost, as I said, 28.5%. So that would mean for, for the stock to rebound, for me to break even on this decision, the stock would have to go up 40% for me just to break even. And so I had a hard time seeing the stock actually doing it. I probably could have sucked it up and still held on to it. But um, as I said, one of my elements in my playbook is if I lose, my loss position is over 20%, I sell and I don't ask questions, I just do it because it's the other side of making investment decisions is try to make decisions that are going to be positive, but it's also how you handle the bad decisions. And so the thing that kind of tipped the scale for me to want me to sell it really came down to math and the fact that I've, I was past my loss threshold that I was comfortable with. But the other side was, the, was a business thing, and that's the governance side of how JD was running. The CEO, which is uh, who is Richard Liu, um, if you don't know, just a little while, well, no, several months ago, he was arrested in the U.S. and he was charged with assault, and then he was released, and subsequently went back to China. And the reason why was the police couldn't substantiate any of the charges, and he was, and he got released. So 
there's been a lot of rumblings out there that this is not the first time that he has kind of been around this kind of stuff. And I think it hangs a cloud on the leadership, and I think it hangs a cloud on the governance of this, of, of this business. And the way this company is set up is it's essentially him. He is kind of the face and the owner of the company. And even though, you know, whatever the allegations, all that were not true or true or not true, he's kind of the face of this company. And I think that's going to be a distraction. No matter what, if they brush this thing under the table, whatever, you know, whether it's true or not, this is a distraction on the ownership and the, and the operations of this company. And so when I thought about that, I go, it's hard for me to pull the, to stay on with that on the fact that I'm down 28% on it too. Um, I, ha- I was kind of going back and forth on actually holding the position because I almost thought that the situation that JD was facing was similar to the position that Baidu was facing. Um, not too long ago, one of their key managers just suddenly left, quit, uh, resigned, and the stock got schmucked because it was down like 25%. Um, but I held on to it because I thought the company is bigger than one person. And sure enough, the stock rebounded. And so I was literally trying to apply the same logic to JD. But I think this um, that was a situation where a person just left. And I think there was health reasons behind it. But this is like really, with all the stuff, the Me Too stuff going on right now, this is something that could really, I think this is a lot bigger than that, and the, the Baidu case. And I think it really has the potential to distract the company. So. Number, reason number one, the math didn't work for me. I was in a past my loss threshold, so I'm executing my playbook. So that's what I, that's what I did. Um, and the other thing is I think there's a fundamental governance issue that has to get resolved for me to get interested in coming back into the stock. As I said, I like the company. I like where the company's positioned, but I think there's a management issue here. And, uh, and it sucks because at one point I was actually, the stock was trading in the high 40s. I was actually making pretty good money on the stock. And to see it, you know, crash through the 30 level is kind of, yeah. But, you know, that's investing, folks. This is how it is. Um, And that's why I I talk about it being so critical that we have a playbook, that we have a playbook that we we design to deal with these type of situations. So we're not sitting there and making emotional decisions. We're applying the playbook. If you're applying your playbook, you're executing your playbook, uh, you can make these decisions. And in the long term, you're going to end up with more money in your pocket than making emotional decisions where your chances are you're going to lose a lot more money um, going down that path. Um, this is a reality. Guess what? We make bad decisions and it costs us, but we have to learn. The good investors out there know how to manage those losses. So that was my decision on JD.com. As I, I like the company. And you know what? It's a stock. Um, I sold it at about 29. The stock's at about 23 as, I, as we're talking right now. You know what? If they fix up their management stuff up there, um, you know, and it falls a little bit more, I could be tempted to get back into this company. So I'm going to keep an eye on it. I'm not just pitching the company. I'm pitching the stock. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on it. And if it gets to a level where, you know, a lower level, a lower entry point, I might be interested in jumping back in. So we'll just park that one on, on the side. So that's uh, my decision on JD.com. Next decision I made, uh, made just recently, was I decided to buy more shares in MGM Resorts or MGM Entertainment. Ticker symbol MGM. This is the casino company. Um, 
this basically I'm buying just to lower my, I decided to lower my cost base. I bought it originally at the 31 level. The stock was going down to almost the 27, 28 level. And uh, casino stocks have been just continuously falling off. And uh, part of the reason I think is, is a lot of these casino companies are very tied to Macau and uh, the China market. And with all the tra trade trash talking that's going on between China and the US, I think it's having an impact on some of these stocks and uh, some of these companies. So I think that's, that's one reason why these, the stocks have been coming down. These, but I bought more because there's some good things I think, I, long-term things I see with, with specifically with MGM. First is, it was also announced recently that uh, Starboard Capital, which is known for being an, an activist kind of shareholder, kind of like the Carl Icahn-ish kind of thing, who like to go and buy companies that they think are underperforming or undervalued. And MGM has been kind of underperforming and undervalued for a long time. And I think having somebody in with an activist bent might actually put some pressure on the management to start doing some more things. And uh, I think that usually could put a bit of a, a gas or put some juice behind the stock. So uh, that was one element that I thought was a positive, you know, for the stock at least. Um, and I still like the fundamentals of the business. I like specifically the, the, the potential and the opportunity that the whole legalization of sports gambling in the U.S. offers. I think that's a game changer. And from what I can see, MGM has really put a lot of investment into the developing a real ecosystem, both an online and in-person sports betting um, platform. And they're going out there and they're selling it. And I think they could be a real big player in the whole sports betting thing. I think they've got a bit of a head start against, versus a lot of other casinos and gaming companies. So that was my big reason why I decided to buy into MGM. And uh, so the stock down, and I think a lot of it out of favor by, by analysts in the market, thought it was a good opportunity to come in and lower my cost base on it. So, that's, uh, so I did. So I bought some more shares in MGM. And it kind of leads into my last decision that I made because I kind of I'm liking the gaming stocks right now because I guess they're out of favor, and the fact of the matter is these are strong wealth creating companies. They generate ridiculous amounts of cash flow, and uh, and they're very profitable, um, and they're out of favor. So that's usually my favorite little combination: out of favor companies that are profitable. So, um, and it led me to my last decision that I made. Uh, in the month, which was I decided to buy into shares of Las Vegas Sands, ticker symbol LVS. This is a stock I've owned a few times in the past, and it's been a pretty nice uh, ride that I've had with them. Um, at the same time, I've owned it in the past and I've sold it prematurely because uh, there was some dubious accounting things that were going on, and whenever I hear dubious accounting things, I walk away real fast. I don't care how much I love the company. Um, so the stock, what got me into L L Las Vegas Sands was stock was down. Stock's been down 14%, trading near a 52-week low. Um, it's been on my radar screen, and I thought, you know what? Maybe it's a good time to come in. So I did some uh, analysis and I did some evaluation. And I'm not going to get into the evaluation part because I actually created a separate podcast and a separate uh, video where I walk through my kind of mechanical analysis or fundamental analysis of, uh, of Vegas Sands. So you can catch that if you go through my website and you'll see the, the video on the uh, podcast and you can also download it from Apple Podcasts too. So you can take a look at that. But what I wanna talk to you today about is 
It's not the, that side of it. But as I said before, I was really challenged to buy the stock. I really went back and forth behind it. And it's got nothing to do with the fundamentals of the business because I like the business. And I like the, where the stock price is right now in terms of getting into it. Uh, this one was a tough one because there's politics in play in this one. So the CEO of Las Vegas Sands is uh, Sheldon Adelson. And for those of you who don't know, he's one of the richest men in America. He's also one of the biggest donors to the Republican Party. And he's one of the biggest supporters of the president, the, the current U.S. president. Uh, I'm not one to talk about my politics here. Um, I think I'm pretty much, if you go to my Twitter account, you'll know that I'm not a fan of the guy. I call him the Mad King. I don't even like to call him by his name. I think he's the Mad King. I think he's divisive. I think he's not the right person to be leading such a powerful and such a great country. Um, I don't care for him. And the fact of the matter is, this person who is leading Las Vegas Sands, Sheldon Adelson, he's buddy buddies with them. And he literally has the ear of the president. And I had a hard time saying, why do I want to buy stock in a company led by somebody who is actively supportive of the types of divisive policies that, and anti-business policies, because this whole trade trash talk thing is so detrimental, I think it's so detrimental to the country. Um, it's anti-business. It's anti-capitalism. So I kept going back and forth. Like, if I'm buying Las Vegas Sands, am I, like, endorsing all this? Um, you know, I started valuing the company, looking at the business itself, but then once this political side kind of gets over it, I just kept going back and forth. And you know what? In my mind, I'm still kind of going back and forth on it. Um, the thing that's scary also, it's a risky stock in the sense that most, like almost 50% of their business is in China, in Macau. And so the fact that the president's trying to trash talk and intimidate the Chinese government into doing, you know, all these trade stuff, um, that's not great for a company like Las Vegas Sands. Like, what's to stop the Chinese government from just, like, saying, sorry, we're going to revoke your license, bye-bye, get out of Macau. Um, the company be worth, like, nothing after that. Um, part of me was also making a decision that because of all this trash-talking, you know, as I said, I'm here in Toronto, Canada. The U.S. president has been trash-talking my country quite a bit, and pushing a, you know, kind of bullying, uh, to me, in, involving a lot of bullying tactics. Um, part of me was like, you know what, I'm going to stick it to the U.S. and just, you know, I'm not going to buy any U.S. stocks. And there's part of me talking about that, seriously thinking about that. And there's a lot of people out there talking about boycotting U.S. products, stop buying U.S.-based products until all this stuff, this garbage settles. But uh, is that part of the investing decision? Um, I don't know. So I've, I've been really confused by this whole thing. But, you know, here's the thing. At the end of the day, you got to make a decision. Um, at the end, I bought the stock. I, I decided to buy in on the stock because I, I came back to, to, to core principles here. I think it's a good company. I think it's a very well-run company. I don't care for their CEO. I think the CEO is a jerk. But I think it's a great business, and it creates tangible wealth. And there's people who are going to engage in go to their casinos and go to their resorts and buy their, buy their stuff and bet and gamble and leave a lot of money on the table over there. Um, but what led me to make, make, my, make my decision was, was me. You know, I have a very, you know, 
I only get one shot to do this stuff. We have, a, we all have a very limited investing window. Even if you say you have 30 years in your 20s and you're not going to invest till you're 50, 30 years is not a long time to be investing. We have limited windows in our lives to invest, and and unfortunately we can't roll back the clock. And so, my mandate when I make decisions, I have to make decisions. I have to put my money to work, and I need to be continuously investing. Um, and putting my money to work and obviously do it in a very prudent fashion if I'm going to get to my financial goals, if I'm going to reach my financial goals. And so when I look at that, I look at the opportunity that Las Vegas Stands opens up with. I like the space. Um, those things to me overrode the politics of it. And so I decided to buy. And yeah, I'll, I'll just say one thing. I'm probably, I still go back and forth on it. <laughs> Even as I speak right now, I'm still kind of like wondering, like, what the hell? Like, should I just go buy more MGM and just forget LVS? Um, it's tough. And that's the thing here, folks. And that's really what I want to get into here is this is hard stuff. This isn't now just about investing. is not purely about just crunching numbers, calculating ratios, doing discounted cash flow analysis, um, understanding where interest rates are going, stuff like that. There's There's... There's the analytical side of investing, and then there's the, the behavioral, the emotional side of it. And this is hard stuff. Even if you've been formally trained in investing, uh, you know, have a CFA, an MBA, or whatever, um, this is the these are the type of decisions where you kind of have to use more judgment, and the decisions become more of an art than a science. Um, so how do you deal with this stuff? And so I'm just sharing with you kind of my little struggle that I went through with this decision, and. You know, all I can say is the best way we can deal with this stuff is just try to rationalize it, is bring the situation, bring your analysis back to what your goals are, what your strategy is, what your playbook is telling you, and this is about executing that strategy, executing your investing ideology. And at the end of the day, I decided, I think LVS is a well-run a well business, generates tons of wealth for shareholders, plays a nice dividend, by the way. Um, and is in a business that is in a growing segment, is a growing area. Um, yeah, I want to be part of it. So that's what I've done. Who knows, 20 minutes from now, I might have, I might have sold the stock. But right now, I'm holding the stock as I'm recording this. So uh, let's see how it goes. So again, tough decisions. As I said, I only made a handful of decisions, but these were tough decisions for me this month. I was kind of struggling a little bit with JD and then also with, with Las Vegas Sands. Um, tough stuff. Um, but that's how it is. You kind of kind of have to think your way through it and um, kind of think your way through it and just bring it back to what your core values are and bring it back to what your investing strategy is and your ideology. And as long as you're aligned with that, I think you make a decision that you're going to sleep with properly. So that's all I got for you. This uh, That's pretty much the decisions I made. Um, if you want to you know, chat about it, talk about it, whatever, some of those decisions, these decisions I made, you can hit me through a multiple of ways. So you can hit me through my website, sageinvestors.ca. Hit me with an email over there. Write some comments too. There's my blog and the podcast is on there. So love to hear from your thoughts and takes on this. Um, you can find me on my Facebook page, which is 
do a search for Sage Investors. I'm on Twitter all the time. You can find me, my handle is at Sage Investors. And just, just so you know, if you go hashtag trade 2018, you can follow all my investment decisions that I make in real time. Because I tweet as when I when I buy something and I sell something or make a decision, I actually tweet it out in real time under hashtag trade 2018. So follow me on, on Twitter. My handle is at Sage Investors. So thank you very much for listening in. Um, this has been another episode of Stock Talk. Uh, my name is Amarena of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.